on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. What do you say to the guy listening right now who's like, maybe I'm a little nervous to call the customers after the project's completed and say, did we service your needs to the best of like, did, did, did we, did we perform as you expected? Like that's a tough call to make sometimes, unless you know the value of it on the other end, because potentially you got to go back and you got to fix things. Ah, what do you say to that? Yeah. I mean, if, if someone were to be nervous about that, it's, it's, it's really about not being confident in what the product or the service is to start with, but it's, right. it's actually also tied to the past, right? It's tied to something that's already done. And so a, a customer feedback or an employee feedback piece actually is, is a, such an amazing gift, right? And, yeah. and it, it can be, it can be bad, but it's going to tell you where the cracks in your foundation are. And cause right. listen, we, we all have it, right? Yeah. We, we, exactly. none of us are perfect. No company's perfect. And so when you get that feedback and you really understand what it is, it helps you improve the business and helps you to, to create better employment brand, a stronger business, stronger yeah. financials, right? And so I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want that business, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's such a gift for, for us to hear those things. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life. But have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Brian Baisley here on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chaz. How you doing? I'm doing well. Honestly, I don't know if I should be like in in like a a gratitude perspective or a jealous perspective because you're on vacation in Florida where it's warm doing your time, but you're doing, but you're doing it with us. So I'm thankful, but also a little jelly because it's a little cold here in Kansas city, man. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, it, it, my, my pleasure. I wouldn't have missed this. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this conversation. We'll get some value out to the, to the listeners and then you can hit the beach maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? it's not quite beach weather, but it is, okay. it is nice walking weather. There you go. Yes. I, yeah. I remember when I spent a little time in South Florida, when I lived there with my family, that's, that's absolutely what, what we love to do. And the special with the sunrise or the sunset, just be outside and just enjoy that, that perspective. So Brian, you've got lots of businesses, man. You're here with, with a big vision and a lot of stuff going on. Just give us an idea here of who you are, what, what kind of businesses that you have, who are we listening to today? Yeah, th- thanks. I, so, so I'm the CEO of Driver Seat, and uh, Driver Seat's a shuttle transportation firm. So we uh, we transport people to weddings, and we do work for employers driving employees to, to the workplace, and then of yeah. course typical airport wine tours and that type of thing. But what's unique about kind of the structure of our business? So we have franchised this business, and we're operating in lots of locations across the U.S. and Canada. And so uh, we're actually the only transportation space in the franchise world. Right, wow. which is kind of a kind of an kind of an interesting spin on the whole franchising model. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you probably know, I've I've had some experience in the franchise world, and so anxious to dig in from the franchisor perspective and see how maybe things are a little different. And uh, I guess my question to you, because you, you kind of you're, you're you're being humble over there with with uh, what your focus is. I know you've got other businesses and uh, and lots of other things going on. 
But I guess my main question to you, which is the same as every beginning podcast is why? Like why, why all this stuff? Why are you still doing it? You've had this like uber amount of success. You're franchising all over the North America. Why are you still at it? What pushes you? Yeah, the, the, the question of why is just always, I think, the most critical thing to understand the, in my space. So I, I do own some other businesses that I'm not active in managing. Right. Sure. Uh, and so, but things I've started over the, over the last number of years that, that somebody else is now running. When we started Driver's Seat, which was just a little over 10 years ago, it was really, it actually really was about the why. It's kind of an interesting story. We, and when I talk about we, it's, it's my brother and myself who, who founded Driver's Seat. And That's we were awesome. super passionate about working with like-minded entrepreneurs, right? And okay. so you've been in the franchise world. So you, like yeah. you, you just, when you look at a fellow franchise owner and they're, they're bright and, and they're doing some really amazing things for themselves and their families, that's really what actually motivated us. And so the, the why today is actually tied to the why we started driver's seat in the first place, because very much against what a typical business course or what I would teach in a business course to somebody, we started driver's seat without even knowing what the service would be. We, we actually started. Yeah. So, so we, we spent a year trying to understand what do we want to be when we grow up? What, yeah. what type of business do we want to have? And it actually wasn't about the business itself. It was about the governance and the core values and the type of people that we would work with. And so we spent, spent a year trying to understand what kind of business can we, can we develop in order right. to fit this, this, these core values uh, and driver's seat came to the surface. And, and in part, it was because it's, it's very scalable for a franchise owner. Yeah. In part, it was it was just something unique. It wasn't a bit of a me too type of, of business, right. uh, and in part, it was because we could play a role in helping the communities in which we were we were doing business in. Yeah. Because we do all sorts of kind of specialized transport for kids with anxiety problems and these types of totally. things. Totally. So, so this this year of reflection and understanding and review um, is actually what still drives us today. And, and so, our wow. big why today, with all of the growth that we have and, and all the success that the franchises are having, is we just want to impact more people. It's yeah. just such a fun part of what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you hadn't given a little bit of that background and then the like the actual time, money, effort spent in that year, that that answer would have sounded maybe a little cliche. Like, we just want to help people. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but what does that really mean? And so thank you for the explanation there. You gave it to us ahead of time. I didn't have to ask. For the person listening today, right? Maybe it's they're in their first business. Maybe they've sold two businesses and they're in their third. I don't know. How do they incorporate what you did in an entire year? You really sat down and said, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And then how do I fit in a business into that? Mm -hmm. Is that applicable to everybody? Is that like once you reach a certain level of of success, like what would you say to the person listening that's like, wow, I really resonate with that, but I didn't do that. What would you say to that guy? You know what? If you are in pre-business stage, if you are in early early business stage, or if you have a business that you've either acquired or have grown, and you're in late stage stages of it, you can still go through this process. And the process that we went through was: what's our governance all about? What do we want to do? What do we want to deliver back? What do we want to spend our time doing? What's going to make us happy? What's our legacy going to be? And we documented out kind of all of these core principles and and what was was super important to us. And and by the way, money was part of that. It just wasn't yeah. the prime part of that. Money was the fuel that was going to allow us to accomplish all of these things. So this had right. to be scalable, it had to be successful, yep. but it, it wasn't, we're going to do this in order to make money, right? This was, yeah. we're going to do this in order to be super successful on a financial level that's going to allow us to drive and do all sorts of other things. And yeah. so as, if you look at a current owner, somebody who's either an owner or wannabe owner, they could actually look at this and say, as I create the next level of my strategy, right? 
how can I incorporate some of these things and move the business towards that, that approach. Right. Exactly. And so, so, so in our business and, and my team, I, I always, I often think they get tired of me talking about it, but they say they don't, but I'm just passionate about people and passionate about helping them develop and helping them grow personally, professionally. Yeah. And so everything that we do is really tied to that side of it. And, and, and so for anybody that loves that approach or that, that side of things, you yeah. could literally look at your strategy or look at your growth pattern and say, I'm going to do this based on this foundation of support, growth, and development. Yeah. I love that not only have you gone and done it for yourself, right? Like you spent that time and year and curating the rest of your life, which is incredible and it's super intentional, but now it, it extends to not only just your team, but obviously each franchisee that comes in. Uh, you've you've built this filter, if you will, of like, this is who we want to run with. And so it's only going to be applicable to the right people, which then further curates what you said you wanted to do for yourself. And so I just, I love the the, the mindset. Actually, I, I relate to it with Gathering the Kings. The podcast necess- it wasn't necessarily a thought. The, the mastermind wasn't necessarily a thought. It was like, okay, let me sit down and like, okay, I've had some business success. What do I want to do? And it's like, there's this level of collaboration slash you know, guidance slash be able to rub shoulders with guys and gals that are really after it, whether it's podcast form or, or mastermind form. And so those things kind of stemmed out of this, man, what do I want to do? Like, really, what am I designed for? And, and almost looking like an identity perspective, right? Did you guys go through some of this as well? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're spot on. I mean, what, one of our core values is to stop at nothing to ensure the success of others. And Love so th- this sounds like a very simple piece, but when you, we have a new franchise owner, so as an example, last week we had at the end of new franchisee training, so we had another group come through. And as we talk about this piece of it, it's how do you ensure, in their case, their chauffeurs or their office staff, how do you ensure their ultimate success? How do you ensure that the, and I'll give you on the consumer side of things, the individual that's booking a $3,000 wedding, as an example, that they have the most amazing experience, not just about customer service, it's about their success and their success and what they're structuring and organizing and doing. How do you ensure the success of your support team? How do you ensure success of the brand, right? And so so we, we love that core value and it really ties into setting the tone for the culture and the climate within the organization. And we also have another core value that, that kind of ties directly into this piece, which is to value the genius and diversity. And so this is not about accepting diversity. It's about actually valuing the genius in it. And so, of course, yeah. we, we all operate in a an environment where the, the, the culture is not just so diverse, but it's becoming more and more diverse every day. Yeah. And so how do we embrace that? And how do we really truly understand and appreciate that piece? And how do we help educate right with, yeah. within our community? So our community is our franchisees, our head office team, our customers, right? Yeah. Our chauffeurs and the list goes on and on. And so, so we, we really like to use this as a bit of a platform perhaps to yeah. help educate and move things forward. And it's not that we're not a not-for-profit business because we are a for-profit business, or, but, but this is really tied to the fact of, how we go accomplishing business is just just as important or more important than what what the result is. Yeah, I love that. I think that it all comes down to intentionality and you guys are just being super intentional. I love you tying it back to the core values. Business owners all across the country need to be doing this. And it's tough, man, because we get so busy, right? We get busy with just the day-to-day and it's tough to tie back to those more meaningful perspectives of why we're doing this, or maybe even what's building the team or, or why we even started. So um, super good stuff, Brian. I really appreciate that. Let's, let's kind of go into a little bit of your story. You kind of talked about you and your brother starting this. You have obviously had some previous success in business. Give us the, give us those first talks. Like you were around a table. Was it Thanksgiving? And you're talking about this idea. Like, how did it all begin? 
Well, and, and let me take you back just perhaps even before that, but I, yeah. I, I grew up loving business. I love the idea of business. And I came from a, a you know, I'm not going to call it a poor family, but there were 12 children in my family. And so that's it's not that we had, <laughs> not that we had a lot of extra money and, and, but I, but I love the idea of being able to generate a, perhaps a higher income for myself and, and, and perhaps in those days when you're a kid, right, perhaps enjoy the things that you, you couldn't have afforded. And, and I went to university, but in a really, really good business school, but I ran out of money. I, we, we just, we couldn't afford it. And so I had to, I had to drop out and, and go through this, this school of hard knocks, but I became, I became a, a young executive in my early twenties of a multi-billion dollar company and then grew my career from my early twenties into my mid thirties. And it's really at that point in time when I was, I was earning amazing money, of course, and I had a lot of perks and a lot of what people consider to be business success. But I looked at life and said, I looked at this and to my wife, I said, maybe I should leave work and work locally. Maybe I should own a business locally because I was always, of course, traveling and, and working remote. Yep. And my wife looked at me and said, like, are you having a bad day? I said, no, 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 <laughs> I, I, no, no, I'm having an amazing day. No, I got I the itch. <laughs> yeah, I think life's, life's very short, right? And, and so I want it to try is. something I haven't tried before. And, and, and I actually wanted to work locally. I want to spend more time with my kids and work locally. And that's how I got into to becoming an entrepreneur versus working kind of the, the, the corporate world, which by the way, I loved. I, yeah. I would have traded it for anything. And so I started a chain of fitness clubs, really enjoyed it, had some great success with it. Couldn't find a good cleaning agent for a fitness club. So I started a cleaning uh, yeah, Naturally. company with, and we developed these commercial wipes to keep the, the places clean and sterile. Uh, and so life went on. We built out this this beautiful little business. And I was chatting with my youngest brother, and we always talked about business and such. And he said, No, maybe we should get in the business together. He was working yeah. in, a, in, a, in another business. And, and I said, You know, be, he's really bright, right? So I said, Yeah, you know what? This would be great to partner up with you and, and, and try something. And so we started talking about stay with the fitness business. Do we move more, more into the, the, the wipes business, the rocks and wipes? Yeah. And I said, Well, what if we did something totally different? Totally yeah. unique. So what would that be? I said, I don't know. Right. And that's how we kind <laughs> of ended up moving into that. And so, so he relocated his family. We opened the business wow. together and, and we launched it. And interesting enough, he opened the first driver's seat franchise and operated okay. as the, the manager. Makes he did sense. that for four months and then we franchised it. Wow. Uh, and so the very first chauffeur became our very first franchisee. And then we just started rolling from there. Wow. I mean, mm -hmm. the story just rolled right off your tongue and we're all like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's next? What's next? Um, but I know that there was obviously some ups and downs in there. And so we're going to get to some of that. Mm -hmm. I love the, I love the beginnings, right? Like those, those inklings of ideas and thoughts. And I guess my follow-up question to you around maybe specifically the family or your brother, he had been watching you be successful and wanted to, wanted to like join arms or he just was tired of his deal kind of like you were previous what what was that story there of like why it finally came together because obviously you've been brothers for a minute <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah he no he no he had a lot of really good success he's he was a, an engineer worked for a very very big company and was very yeah. successful at a very young age and then had decided to move out of that and work with one of my other brothers who owns a, a home building company and i had i had come in to consult and just to work with them on some of the strategy and so that's how we got chatting about it but it really became more more of a what do we want to do together right what, yeah. what could we do together and and again we didn't know at all what the industry would be that wasn't really actually the important part right. but what we did had to meet the core values Some side comment to this i just recently within the last few months came across the original iphone notes 
from That's our original awesome. conversation, which was 13 hours long when we finally discovered it would be driver's seat. So what, what a, what a cool read that was. And I remember exactly oh, where sure. it was when we kind of went through that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really very neat. cool. Well, it's awesome that um, not only do you have the opportunity to, to be able to partner with family, but with a brother who is as sharp as you've described, and then I'm sure just superpowers came together and you guys have been off to the races ever since. It sounds like I want to know early on, what was a good decision that you guys made inside of this new up and coming business where he's kind of figuring out the first location? You've got a little bit of business experience. What was that good decision where you can just look back and go, boom, we did this and it created all kinds of momentum. We want to learn from it. Yeah, I think the, I think the building of the culture and the governance side of it, and it sounds like a little bit of, of just words on, on a page, but it was actually really a really critical piece to this because when you first start franchising, you really kind of have a couple of avenues to go. You could be, have a successful wrap business or pizza business or something, sure. and it could be successful for the course of 20 years, and then you can start franchising it, right? right. Or right. You, you, could be, you could be selling the idea of partnering up on a vision, right? right. And, and so the fact that we were able to articulate our core values, wh- where we want to take the business, the why behind the business, how sure. important the, the services were going to be, and the type of lifestyle brand that we were going to be, I think was, was really critical in how fast we took off. Right. Because people were drawn into us, not because we had a proven business model, because it was far from that. And in fact, it was it's a it's a big industry, but it's very kind of fragmented and and a little bit dysfunctional to to some degree. And we had no experience in transportation whatsoever. And so (laughs) really they they weren't they weren't coming in based on the business model. They weren't coming because we knew exactly what we're doing from a business model perspective. They came in because we understood the why and what we're going to do together. And so so that piece of it, I think, was, was just so critical. And, and often I'll talk prospective business owners or people that are ready, getting ready to launch either business or a franchise business. And I'll start to ask them what the why and, and yeah. why would someone want to come and join and partner up with you? Why would an employee want to come work with you? Why would a vendor want to come work with you? And then, of course, why do a customer want to come work with you? And when they don't have any depth to that on their answer to that question, I'll, I'll often re-question them on, on that piece because I think it just is so critical. Right. And yeah. so, so yeah, so I, I think, I think the year that we curating and drafting out what this would look like was yeah. just such, such a, an amazing spend of time. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And so, yeah. So you say any, anybody listening right now, whether they just started their business or they've been in business 10 years and they don't have this dialed in, I know that sounds crazy, but there's a lot of business out there that they're doing millions mm-hmm. of dollars. Even they have no core values. They have no real mission statement. They've just kind of been doing the thing, stop immediately, put these things together. Is that your suggestion or, or what would you say? I, I would say not necessarily stop to put it together, but be serious about putting these things in place. And there, there is a little bit of a wake up call, actually the timing for this type of discussions, I, I think quite good. What, what everyone's calling the great resignation with all of the employment challenges is, is actually the single largest opportunity any one of us ever have. And so part of this is about building a strong employment brand. And, right. and attracting great people. Because for a lot of businesses today, going out to find customers isn't difficult, right? right? If you look at people trying to, trying to source vehicles and other things that are going on, it's actually, it's actually more about finding great employees, right? And so what are you doing to build a strong employment brand? Because the employment brand isn't tied to what you do at the very end of the, the thing, which is to, to run an ad, right? right? It's tied to, tied to what are you doing internally and, and how attractive is that to somebody else? And so, yeah. so I would say that someone doesn't need to stop to do that, but they do need to realize how important this piece is and start to utilize the why and the, the governance and the core values to attract amazing people. Because there, there are some just incredible people out there that want to come work with great companies. 
Yeah, there are. You're right. I, I got in a little, not debacle, but I was trying to give some encouragement to some entrepreneurs the other day on social media. And I was, I was met with a little bit of resistance around it's okay. tough to find good people and, and this kind of like limited mindset that, that nobody's left. And, and I just, like you, firmly believe that there's, you're right, maybe there's less. That's the reality. There's boomers retiring every single day sure. and maybe there sure. are less, <clears throat> which just means that it's not as easy. And so you have to be better, right? You have to, you have, to have something that people want and if you don't, then they don't, they don't stay for very long or they don't, they're not attracted to you at all. So those are some really, really important words, I think, applicable for any business owner out there. Let's flip the script, though. Brian, I want to know a bad decision, something that you just did. Maybe it was your brother. Maybe it was both of you guys together. I don't know. A decision that just like, ah, terrible, but we can learn from it. What is it? Absolutely. So, and I just want to jump back to your last comment about there, there are people out there and there, there, there's less of them. And then, and I can go into a whole separate podcast and all the mistakes that we've made, but, but it's, it's really interesting. So true fact, over the last two weeks, I've had five people approach me on LinkedIn. One that I met at a public speaking engagement I was doing, but 12 or 14 years ago, the other four I've never met. And all five of these people are extraordinarily talented and all five want to come to work for driver's seat. And it actually is because of the employment brand. And so when people say there aren't people there yet, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So now use that as an advantage to go in and, and move your business forward. So, uh, so, so, but I, I just wanted to, 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 to speak to that. Yeah, we, we, it's interesting. The, so, so we financially have floated this business ourselves. So we have gone to outside investors. Right. And that can that that can be good and that can be bad. There's there's yeah. there's its own unique challenges with with that on the pace of growth. But and so every decision that we take, of course, we don't necessarily have a massive financial bandwidth, especially in the early days, in order to to mess up, right? So we yeah. have to be careful about the spend of money, but also on the spend of, of resources. And so we 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 really put tight controls and say if we're going to make a decision, let's we because you have to make decisions, you have to move forward, and you have to fail often, but let's make sure that we're not financially taking a massive hit or Right. resource wise taking a financial hit. And that was that worked really well until 2015. And and man, full of <laughs> full of all sorts of energy and full of all sorts of passion. And we were just on fire and we're doing some great things. I said, okay, you know what? Uh, prediction is by by 2020 we're going to be sold out of franchise locations in Canada. So we better start acting on this and we need to go and open up in the US. And so I talked to a number of different people in franchising and I talked to our franchise lawyer and I talked and, and the list uh, goes on and on. And I was advised by eight out of 10 people not to do it at that stage. At that time. Right? Interesting. You're too, you're, too, you're too young a company. You have too few locations, even though we have a really significant growth. And I was advised not to do it. And I, yeah, I know, but lots of people tell me I can't do things. And, and so we went ahead <laughs> We went ahead and did it. And it's always a group decision in, in our organization. So now we've got a, a, obviously a larger management team. So we make group decisions together. But at that point, Luke and I would always decide together. But I was really like, I was, I was pushing for it. So this is more on me than on him. And, and so we, we opened up in the U.S. Really, really wonderful decision at the absolute wrong time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Our, our U.S. growth is really good today. It's, it, it's quite substantial. But we spent from 2015 to t- late 2017 really stumbling and, and the, the, the spend was significant. But more importantly, we were just putting a lot of resource against it. And so it didn't cripple us, but it didn't, it didn't help. And it actually slowed down the pace at which we did. And so when I look back at it, there, I mean, there's, there's two things, and we've talked about this often, Luke and I, but, the, but there's two things. One is we're pretty stubborn. And when we're told we can't do something, sometimes, I don't know whether it's ego or, or whatever. Fires it up. You just want to <laughs> push through it and get, it fires, it fires it up. And so sometimes we just have to be a little bit more thoughtful 
in that decision yeah. process, right? Yep. For some of those things. And and we could have, because we could have easily delayed six months, done some more investigation and may have yep. made a different decision on the timing, not on the decision, just on the timing of it. But the second piece is uh, we now look at it and say, okay, Confucius say the best time to plant a tree is 20, 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. Um, right. And so what do we learn today from, from what we did in 2015? And what we learned today was that resource spend, which, which really, it actually came down to a lot of my time is, is, is what the impact was. Yeah. And that resource decision is pretty significant. So we have people from all around the world approaching us about opening driver's seat, the master franchises in their country. Yeah. And so we, we are being very opportunistic on it. We're actually setting a finite amount of time, right? And, and we come up with a very streamlined process, which yeah. ties into the, the whole mindset component that says, if it hits these thresholds, we will continue to investigate time, invest time into this. But if it doesn't yep. hit these thresholds, we're going to cut it, cut it, right? And so yeah. it sounds when, when you're operating a, a successful brand, it sounds so great when somebody in South Africa and somebody in Australia and somebody in Italy wants to, to do a master in, 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 of your brand in their country. Totally. But, but that's not what it's all about. It's actually about making sure we have continued success with our franchise owners here in North America. And then we can use that to, to vault into another country. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. It, that's just really, really good poise is what it is. It's they're, they're good business decisions. I loved how you gave the, the, just the trajectory of what it would have been like, or, or what it is like, even though you made a bad choice. And so even though it was difficult, you made it through and it didn't harm you maybe, but it was difficult for a longer period of time than maybe necessary. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it just gives encouragement to the listener of like, okay, look, you're going to make wrong choices. We know that if you've listened to any of my shows, all these super successful guys have made wrong choices. Fine. But a lot of times when they look back, it's like, well, yeah, that sucked like bad. And maybe I would do it different, but probably not. And so it's not that you don't go back and change it, but like what you said, okay, well, what did we learn and how can we apply it? To, to today's decisions. And so I love that perspective because it's, it's honest and it's right now. It's like you have the literally the same choice to expand yet again in a, in a pretty aggressive way. And you're, yeah. you're putting some, some confines on that to make it, to make it applicable for your growth so that it doesn't harm what you've already done. And I think that's where that's a lot of entrepreneurs, we get stuck. Sometimes we get so focused on the growth where we don't calculate all the cost resource or money or time, whatever. And, and then it starts to harm what we've already done, which then takes away focus from the the foundation of what we've already built. Would you like to add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, li listen, growth is sexy, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like no, no one, no one comes to talk to me about my business and says, Hey, how are the year over year numbers? How's the development of the franchisees, right? There's lots of that happening, but that's not the sexy part. It's like, where else are you opening? What's happening? And right. so we're, we're so passionate about, again, the development, both in the personal development, business development, but, but also in the financial development of our existing franchise owners. And we're seeing a lot of really great success with that, but we, we have this explosive growth happening as well. And we're opening a new location every five days. And everybody right now wants to focus on the new locations every five days Yeah, and, and, and ignore, ignore the already born. Right. And yeah. not, yeah. And, and not internally, but that that's where people's mindset and I, and I get it. Right. And so, so we just have to always stay. And, and I, I think part of my job with my team is to continue to maintain focus on the existing team and their ongoing success so that we're building better foundation, better support, better systems, better processes, better software, so they can continue to, to realize success. Yeah, this equates to every business. So your business right now, your customer is the franchisee. And so you've got to take care of your current customers. And you got to go get new ones. And, and this is the dynamic in every single business. We have to fill the pipeline. We have to go get sales. We have to grow. And that's the exciting, the sexy part that you're just talking about. And then there's the like, well, shoot, we got to 
we got to be really good at what we do, not mm-hmm. only to retain clients, but so that it's not this constant like filling of the boat over and over and over again, because that wouldn't be good either to have the same 50 or 100 or 1,000 franchisees over and over and over again. You Then it eliminates the growth. <laughs> so you got to kind of be able to like uh, row with with two two oars in uh, in your boat. Otherwise, you're just kind of going to do a circle of new sales or new franchisees or taking That's care it. of your 30 and never growing. You know what I mean? That's it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. When, when, when the pandemic hit, like, like all companies, we were trying to understand exactly how to kind of navigate, manage our way through it. And I got together with the, the management team and they said, okay, so this is going to be awkward because I've never really managed a business through a global pandemic before. And right. so what are we going to do? And when we developed a four tier strategy and, and it was interesting because the fourth tier of that strategy was to maintain revenue or some level of revenue, knowing that there aren't going to be people getting married. There's not going to be people going to the airport for family trips. There's not going to be people going on craft brewery tours. And so what are we going to do? Well, we need to come up with some other sources, but that can't be our only focus because we're going to burn ourselves out and spin our wheels because we don't, we really don't know what we don't know. And so part of the strategy was we need to maintain physical and mental health of our franchisees. And so that became level number one. And so we really actually spent a lot of time focusing on what do we need to do with that? What type of nutritional advice do we need to give them? We did offer virtual online workouts and training, lots of things around calendarization, scheduling, advising them to turn the news off at certain times, et cetera. And so we focused on, on their health. We focused on them building their network because it yep. was a very noisy time with negative news. And so yep. build your network and support others, right? The third piece was to help flatten the curve. So how can we use the massive fleet of vehicles we have in chauffeurs in order to help flatten the curve across North America? And then the fourth one is, oh yeah, and let's go and try and get a little bit of revenue because we're going to need that just to survive. And and the result, the result was really, really good because the franchise owners really understood these four key points and really ran with them. Right. Yeah. And and so the result was we 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 came out of COVID actually with a with a revenue increase, not decrease, quite substantial. And we came up with healthy franchisees. Not not that everybody made it through at the same level. People had personal challenges, but sure. but it really was tied to a very tight strategy. And again, going back to the why behind what we did. Yeah. I love it. Vision and strategy are 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 twin brothers and they they can they can either be helpful or harmful <laughs> to one another. And so I, I appreciate that perspective of working them both together because you can't just have the vision. You've got to have you've got to have the strategy. So I want to know, Brian, what's a habit that you think that you possess that all this time has unexpectedly kept you from further success? That's kept me from further success? Yeah. Yeah, I think I I tend to work well with high performing people. Sure, uh, and I re- and I do realize that, and not everyone can perform at the same level, yep. and so for the benefit of the employee, if it's an employee or the contract employee, and for the benefit of of myself and for the business, sometimes I just have to insulate that a little bit and and yeah. have somebody between the two of us, and so I perhaps don't have the same level of, of patience, right, with 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 some of them, and so yeah. so I'm a very I'm a very methodical leader, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very purposeful in the approach and what I do with it. But realizing that and understanding that, I, I sometimes if you get into this kind of this habit forming, I would have a habit of expecting everybody to perform at the highest of levels, and, and not right. not everyone's capable of that, or really knows how to get there yet. So, yeah. so I'm 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 really effective with middle level performers and bringing them to being high level performers and with high and helping them achieve their, their dreams and their goals. But it's yeah. sometimes it's really about understanding where, where the downfall is to balance that. Yeah. No, you've given us just a, such a great like two sides of the coin perspective. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are probably like that, even though the listener right now may only be operating a, a small a business where it's just one or two people. I, I guarantee you they 
feel mm-hmm. a similar way just because that's why we sure. started the business because <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we think at yeah. a certain rate or a certain pace or a certain yeah. urgency or a certain standard. And so there's always going to be that. I think that you gave also some very practical ways to, to be able to help navigate that. I really appreciate that. I'm going to go over to our speed round here. I'm going to come, come at you with some questions in a, in a totally different format, but inside the business, inside of driver's seat, I want to know what's the most important KPI or the way I like to say it is if you can only pick one to track one thing, what would it be? Uh, fr- franchisee satisfaction. So when the fr- yeah, so when the franchisees are thriving, when they're when they're prosperous, when they're doing well, when they feel that they've got the right support, the right leadership, uh, obviously when the business is performing, if if they're fr- if they're satisfied, it's because they actually have less friction points with their chauffeurs, which means we're doing a good job helping them employ brand it and the the business performing well. They've got the financial wherewithal and the means in order to continue their, their growth and success and that they, they feel that they're part of a team. And so, so we pride ourselves in, in franchisee satisfaction, perhaps such a weak word for it, but in, in the yeah. connection that we have with franchisees and yeah. making sure. So I think from, from my perspective and, and how our business is structured, when the franchisees are thriving and doing well, everything else just becomes easy. Um, yeah. It's not easy to get it to that level because it takes right. day, day in, day out work and it takes a lot of focus and a lot of attention, but it really is about their satisfaction. Yeah, they're the drivers of the business. And so would you equate that someone who's not a franchise or like you, would you equate the person listening right now? Do they do they take that that thing that you just shared and say, okay, this is the satisfaction of my employees, or is it the satisfaction of my client or like yeah, my, the end user, right? What would you say? Or maybe it's a mixture of both. It, it can be a mixture of both. And, and I guess, depending on the size of the business stage that the business is in, but but primarily primarily if you have really, really used and engaged employees, by and large, not not there's not a direct correlation, but by and large, you're going to have extremely happy customers. And so yeah. I think actual measurements, like an actual scored measurement from your employee base is just extraordinarily important. You need to hold yourself accountable to it. It needs to be publicly declared. It can't be behind the scenes on some laptop somewhere that no one else gets to see. Yeah. Uh, and so so that part's really important. And and, and I'll, I'll share with you at the office with our support team. So coming in and out of COVID waves, we were extraordinarily sensitive to people's nervousness about it and, and how it all kind of transpired and all the different news that they were hearing about it. And so we kept the office well sanitized. We, we went over the top with respect to all of our protocols. But one of the things that we did was everybody worked hard to keep high touch surfaces clean and sanitized, but they also every day rated the company on how sanitary the the office was and we posted that on a massive screen every day and we talked about it openly and so so this was like a very very much publicly declaring and it's interesting because we had some co-op students working for us at the time and one of the mothers called me and said i've just got to tell you like it's amazing like like my daughter comes home she's a university student she comes home and she just talks about how diligent you guys are on the cleaning and the sanitary protocols and she says you guys actually put a big score up on the screen right and so so it cool. it, it really is about measuring some of these things yeah. uh, and then and publicly declaring them and then holding yourself accountable for it yeah i think that a lot of business owners maybe get nervous about the accountability piece, right? Like if I put it, the score up on the screen, well, Brian, I mean, <laughs> I may not like the score. It may, I might have to meet myself in that type of a, of a measurement. And so that's exactly it. What do you say to the guy listening right now? Who's like, maybe I'm a little nervous to call the customers after the project's completed and say, did we service your needs to the best of like, did, did, did we, did mm-hmm. we perform as you expected? Like, that's a tough call to make sometimes unless you know the value of it on the other end, because potentially you got to go back and you got to fix things. Ah, what do you mm-hmm. say to that? 
Yeah, I mean, if, if someone were to be nervous about that, it's 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 really about not being confident in what the product and service is to start with. But it's right. it's actually also tied to the past, right? It's tied to something that's already done, and so a a customer feedback or an employee feedback piece actually is is a, such an amazing gift, right? And yeah. and it, it can be it can be bad, but it's going to tell you where the cracks in your foundation are. And because right. listen, we we all have it, right? Yeah. We we exactly. none of us are perfect. No company's perfect, and so. When you get that feedback and you really understand what it is, it helps you improve the business and helps you to, to create better employment brand, a stronger business, stronger yeah. financials, right? And so I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want that business, right? Yeah. And and it's it's such a gift for for us to hear those things. Yeah, it, it's totally the right mindset. I hope that the listeners paying close attention because you're giving them straight gold right now, Brian. I appreciate it. What bi- what book? I almost said what business would you recommend? You could probably recommend a couple of businesses. <laughs> Maybe a driver's yeah. seat franchise, right? A book <laughs> would you recommend for a business owner trying to grow their business in 23? What would you say? Uh, Good to Great with Jim Collins is, is an incredible book. It, it, it changed me forever. And so I think if anybody, if anybody wants to understand really how to structure their business and, and understand exactly how all of the different components of business will, will interfit. And, and it's, such a, it's such a strategic yet tactical book. Because yeah, it gives right. you real life examples, and these are not people's opinions, right? So that one's really good. Traction is another great book, yeah. and I think like all things, attraction you have to go through it. You have to understand where your gaps are. You can implement it, and it's a very it is a very tactical book. I don't think you run your whole whole business just based on how the book is is set up, sure. But the structure of how the disciplines and the structure of how to set those things up and how to measure what you're doing, and yeah. and the challenge with the challenge with not measuring those things, I think is very real. Yeah, I understand completely. And I think both of those are very good. I, th- I love the the higher perspective slash still tactical of good to great. You're right on with that. Love that book as well. Probably a good time for me to re-raise. It's been a minute on that one. So I'm going to take that as a good reminder to pop that one in my Audible and I get another download on that one. What would you say about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? You'd kind of mentioned this a little bit as one of your four pillars, actually, mm-hmm. during the pandemic for your franchisees. What are your thoughts around networking and masterminding? Yeah, it's it's so critical. It's uh, as a business owner in a community, people people of course love to do business with who they know and trust, and right. so there, there's just a natural affiliation to that piece of it. But it's not just for the purpose of, of winning business. It's actually for the purpose of uh, personal development right. and understanding. To some degree, it can be a little bit of giving back. So what, one of the things I do is is I mentor other business owners who are at a certain level, and I do it at no charge, and and I do it through through a local group, a chamber group. And I often get asked, like, why would you spend time doing that? And the answer is really simple, right? I I actually get back way more than I give out of those things. And and it helps me course correct and and put in perspective some of these things. That's that's part of my networking is to do that. And I've I've made some really amazing friends and and, and acquaintances through that. But but yeah, I think connecting in your community is important, connecting with other business owners. And of course, we all are getting used to this type of a Zoom call and these types of things now. So utilizing this technology to continue to connect with with others is, is really important. Um, doing so in a purposeful way. So understanding, you know, what, why are we doing this? What are we going to get out of it? What, what can I possibly deliver to you? What can you deliver back to me? So it's not just a chit chat chat session. It's, it's really more about working together, right. At a personal or developmental level. Yeah. Yeah. It's that collaboration piece. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's also interesting that you said entrepreneurs at a certain level, because that's what I found as well is that when you've got a business owner that's smaller, it's a little bit more about coaching, a little bit more tactical, which is totally fine. I've, I've got lots of those Folks, not only associated gathering the Kings, but also friends. Like you said, I've 
coached and tactically given mentorship to business owners and, and salespeople for, for years and years and years without charging. But at a certain level, it's about collaboration. Like, whereas that peer to peer kind of comes in and we get to kind of rub shoulders and I don't necessarily need tactical from you. I need to kind of just throw a, throw a situation at you. And I need to see how your mindset or how your experiences kind of break it down. And maybe that gives me a nugget or two, which is a totally different value perspective. And so mm. I, I really appreciate you going through that because you're hundred percent right. And it doesn't necessarily matter like size of business always it's associated to mindset, but a lot of times the for, the force of the business, the size of the business, as it gets bigger, it forces you to think at a bigger rate, which then causes this different conversation. Would you say anything to that mm-hmm. or agree with that? Yeah, no, no, exactly. And chatting with others and, and work with others force you to think differently. And, and I, it's so important that none of us are a focus group of one, right? We, we right. really right. understand it and get perspective around this. And so, so I love to have inquisitive and, and kind of level two or level three conversations with other business owners around their whys, around their challenges. And so often we get into these discussions around tactical, financial, operational things, and and those are all important as well. But often a a business owner, in our case, a franchise owner, or it might be another business owner, um, often they're going through struggles or they're, they're, they're seeing some challenges and they're not exactly sure how to navigate that. And we could, we could be, we could be faced with this exact same type of thing. And so that's where lots of high quality discussion, but really tying into the why behind all of this is just so important. Yeah. Love that. The perspective of where you're at in the business and where you want to go also kind of ties into that. And so I think that just the mindset of people even here listening today, the fact that they want to get better, they want to grow, they want to listen to you and take take some notes here today is, is at least a step in the right direction. If not, they're already full in motion of being coachable or wanting to collaborate. There's got to be a spirit of, of desire there. Otherwise it doesn't work regardless of the size of business or mindset. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly, yeah. They're, they're listening to your podcast versus watching Netflix right now. And, and that's, that's an amazing piece, right? That's an amazing yeah. step. Yeah. Speaks a lot about mm. them. I'm going to ask you a question about your family, Brian. So there's this new thing that I'm become obsessed with. It's my family. No, <laughs> it's not new, but there's this, there's this concept as an entrepreneur that we've gone all in on our business, right? And I'm excited and I'm obsessed and, and we're working night and day. And, and I think we can all relate to that. And I think we can also all relate to, man, I think I left a couple people behind sometimes in the midst of that pursuit. And so then the conversation of balance comes in and I hate that word because I'm just obsessed. I don't know how to be balanced. This doesn't make sense to me. So I've resorted to the idea of, okay, how do I be obsessed about my business and my family, right? And my wife. So my question to you is, is how, give us some perspective on all these years you've been an entrepreneur. How have you been obsessed about maybe both? your family, your wife, and the businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've got two wonderful kids. I've got a, a wife. This will be our 31st year being married. Congrats, um, man. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and she's Thank wonderful and, and the family's wonderful. And, and I've got a, an extended family with, with, with 12 siblings. I've got an extended family of 59 and we're close to, to close to all of them. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, 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 so I think there's, there's probably two ways to, to look at this. The first one is love the one you're with. And so when I am, when I am with a franchise owner, when I'm with somebody from our support office, yeah. when I'm with a prospective franchise owner, I try to be very focused and, and love the one I'm with at that moment in time. Right. Love so that. really making sure that, that we're connecting. And so, because we'll, we'll have other things that are going on in our life, of course. Right. Yeah. And, and the same thing goes with, with my family. Right. And it's not that there's a certain time when work turns on or family turns on. 
this is it, it's all intermixed there is no such thing as, as work hours or a work day it's just completely intermixed i'm doing the things that i love to do at all times and so yeah. today is actually a very good example so my wife and I are on vacation we're, we're visiting friends i'm spending this time chatting with you and really mm-hmm. enjoying it um and but i i prepped my wife for it and she completely appreciates and understands that but it doesn't mean that i didn't have a cup of coffee and chat with her this morning out on the deck and it doesn't mean that we're not going to go and have a nice lunch together and so those that will all just get intermixed as part of our day. And the other piece is I'm really fortunate, I think, because my family has been at different stages of their life, very involved in the business. And so they've been able to, to, to play a role and, and, and take some learning from it and yeah. have some experience from it. And, and both my children are now, they're now adults. They moved on to other things and are very successful. But, but I, I look at this was part of their lifestyle. It wasn't about what I right. do versus what they do. It was part yep. of lifestyle. They, they became part of our brand. They were there during spirit days. So we have spirit day at the office. And so awesome. uh, during, during training, <laughs> during training on, on the Thursday, everyone decks out in orange because that's our, our corporate colors. They were always part of that. They were part of arranging yeah. the social events and they were part of working there at times and, and, and playing a role. And so um, it can be an integral part of what they do as well. And so I try not to keep yeah. the, those separate at any point. But, you know, as, as you're aware, because you get asked the same question, which is, hey, like, do you work a lot of hours? Right? And I said, no, I, I don't. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, maybe I do, but I, it's not really work. It's, it's my passion. It's my love. My family's my passion, my love. I love to exercise. I love food. I love to cook. I love to travel. Yeah. I love my yeah. business. I love, I love our franchisees. I love their success. And so it just is all part of the lifestyle, right? Yeah. 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 It's just a very, very poised answer. I just really, really appreciate the perspective because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, you know, what they'll do is that they'll go after it. They'll go after it hard. Cause that's what we do. We just, we just know how to run. Like, let's just run. And, and then unfortunately there's relationships that maybe get left in the dust or, or, or tarnished. Mm -hmm. And, and then you feel guilt. And like, there's this like cycle of, man, now I got to cut this off and turn this on. I like that perspective that you gave of, of turning on and turning off and, and mixing them together is really kind of the only way to do it. And so I think that your, your real life examples there make a lot of sense. I remember when I, I think I only had maybe one or two locations of my initial franchise brand. And, and uh, I told my wife, because I was at the house working, but from my phone, tinkering through different apps and such and growing in different ways. And so she wanted to do something together, whatever it was. And I'm like, Hey, so just, I don't have to go to an office. This is really cool. Right? Like I get to be here, but like I'm working at the current moment. Like I'm working here. I know it looks like I'm maybe scrolling on social media, but like here in about two hours, let's go do that thing. So some of it is the prep, the expectation of what you just said. Right. And just kind of working and navigating through that. So you just gave a really, really great perspective there, Brian. I got one last question here for you before we wrap up. I want to know if you could whisper in the younger Brian's ear, what would you say? Oh yeah, it, it, <laughs> I had this conversation with with my uh, my twenty seven year old daughter not that long ago. She's super super successful, and I said I'm not sure what I would tell my twenty seven year old self. That's different from what you're doing today. But I I think for sure I would say to myself because I learned this later in my thirties versus early enough. Really enjoy the journey because this is actually not about the destination. It's actually about the journey itself. And yeah. every day in my 20s and my 30s, every day I woke up, I loved going to work. I loved the people I worked with. I learned a lot. I was challenged a lot to, to, to do things. And I developed a lot. But I was, I was I, when I think back to that, that's kind of a, a, a rosy thought or memory about what was really happening. I was actually chasing. 
right? I was chasing a lot and I was, I was growing. I was getting more senior positions. I was a very young executive and I kept thinking about the next best thing versus actually enjoying what was happening over the course of that day, that week or that hour. And I think that, that's, I think today people that are, are developing their businesses and doing things are, are far more balanced that way. I, I, I would say that I'm, I'm coming across more people that have that better balance and are really enjoying that journey, but it's not about how big you can make that business or how much money that you can make at that. It's about using that, the funds and using the financials from it to support all the other things that you want to do both personally and, and, and with the business. And so just, just make sure for, for everybody. I mean, I I've loved every day of, of what I've done, but I think I would have earlier adopted to just enjoy this journey. Right. It, yeah. It, yeah, you're going to go and chase things and you're going to chase growth, but really understand and put in perspective why you're doing it. It's actually not just about the next promotion or the next big sale or the next big contract. In our case, the next state that we open up, et cetera. Right. right. Enjoy the journey and how you're getting there. Yeah, it, it's a cliche, as, as many, many would probably agree, but it's so true because when you hear it over and over and over again of like, just, just, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> today, it's yeah. Monday, January 16th. Yeah. I don't know when the show's going to come out later, but man, right here, we got to enjoy this moment right here. And, uh, and who knows what'll come from, whether it be this relationship or the podcast or the moments that you got to spend today with your wife in Florida, like all of those things, we miss them. If we're just constantly dialed into the next thing, it doesn't mean that we won't be dialed exactly. in because I don't know if we know how to do it without that, but really, really great perspective. Brian, I just so appreciate being here. How can the listener connect with you? Whether it's they're interested maybe in opening a franchise or maybe they just want to pick your brain as a business owner. How can they find you? Yeah. And, and I would, I would, I'll, I'll preface this with saying reach out. It doesn't have to do with the franchise. It doesn't have to do with franchising. It can just be connections. It can just be because you want to just chat business or chat development and other things. But yeah, just reach out. So, so my email is very simple. It's Brian at driverseatinc.com, but the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. So it's Brian Bigsley on LinkedIn. That's awesome. We'll put both of those in the show notes for the, for the listeners to be able to find you. And we wish you nothing but blessing, success. Your, your family is already obviously killing it, but your business, all your franchisees, again, just thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Jazz, really, really great experience. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to Bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.